0: I think one of the biggest things when it happened was like, death
1: really scares me now. Death really scares
0: me.
2: Death really scares me now.
1: My family roots are in Buddhism. My family's Japanese. So I think there was a quote that I read the other day. It's, Buddhism doesn't teach you how to, doesn't answer your questions. It just teaches you to let go of that. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. go, go, go. And I asked
0: whoever was in my dream, I don't know who it was, what's the meaning of these empty rooms? And the response that I got was, these these rooms are you. This is your future. Everything that you filled these rooms with, you were told what to fill them with, right? And now they are completely empty. They can be whatever you want them to
3: whatever be. Whatever you want them to be. I actually had a dream the other day where I was falling, but I obviously had an erection, right? But I was falling. <laughs> Wait, was why, a- why is that obvious? <laughs> let go, let go. Let
1: go. Well, hopefully before the Big Bang, there was like dinner and a movie or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I get I get where you're going with that thing, the Big Bang. You're, you're, you're back in
0: Tom's dream. I look out this window and all I can see is this big tree. And I enjoyed this giant tree in the backyard all summer. And then the fall came and I was like, oh man, this is going to stink because all the leaves are going to fall and I'm just going to see the dead of winter. And the leaves fell and... One day I just looked out the window and I realized there's the most beautiful view out of my window where I can see like hundreds of pine trees on on this ridge. It's like a painting. And it wasn't until that one tree died that I was so focused on could I see the hundreds of trees behind it.
4: This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. Who want someone to preach to you? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. What religion, do you? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with, with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy
2: anything in this world of money. the good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone
4: welcome back to infants on thrones i'm glenn oscland and this is episode 702 let it die <laughs> it's a weird title, huh?
2: Let it die. Get out of my mind.
4: So what you're going to hear today is Tom and I talking with two listeners, Reed and Adam. And, uh, con- you know, we didn't have anything that we wanted to talk about in particular. Both of them I've emailed back and forth over the last several months, so we talk about things that we talked about in emails, and we talk about God, we talk about the Mormon Church, we talk about letting it go, and then Reed comes up with this really nice metaphor at the end about a tree and how it died, but then its death brought something new, so I don't want to ruin what Reed said, it was pretty awesome, but that's what I'm calling this Let It Die, so thanks Reed, thanks Adam, Thanks, Tom. And thanks, you listeners. 2020, out of (laughs) here. We're going into 2021. And uh, as always, thanks for listening to Infants on Thrones. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, As you'll hear today, I enjoy interacting with listeners. If you've got something that you want to say, you know where to find me. Email me, infantsonthrones at gmail.com. And uh, we can have a conversation like this, too. So without any further ado, here's Reed and Adam and Tom
0: me. Uh, so if we were to go back all the way to, I think, I don't know if it was the first question I asked you, Blaine, but it was, I believe my wife and I had just got off a, a Zoom meeting that was like a Community of Christ Zoom meeting. And and there was a lot of triggering things that were said in that meeting to where we just didn't feel comfortable um, because they're talking about worshiping and You know just some of that language was was just triggering that's all i could say it was just something that bothered us and so i i reached out to you because i just listened to bathing with god and i i really enjoyed it so thanks for writing that and thank tom for that
4: i I wouldn't have written that
3: yeah yeah i wouldn't have written that if it wasn't for tom poo-pooing it i wouldn't give tom credit for it (laughs) (laughs) that's just my opinion but
0: well i I think you're just saying that
3: tom doesn't want credit for it (laughs) Well, is not that the same thing?
0: <laughs> but the 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 kind of the more impactful thing I think about was actually was in your introduction when you said that you the way you um, described putting a pillow over God and yeah. killing him,
4: yeah, and then
0: like resuscitating him, um, it was. And then you kind of brought this whole concept of of God that I'm just that was just. What you know? Because I've been kind of going down this this path where I don't know what what I am. I, I don't want to label it as anything. It's just a agnostic atheist. I don't know what you want to say. It was just product of some you know the faith crisis and and so the question I posed to you, Glenn, was you know what? So this God does does he deserve like our worship? Do we are we supposed to be um, admiring him or her? you know whatever it is or that energy do we worship it at all? Is that, is that okay to do? Because, you know, because I think my wife and I are kind of missing community and it's like, well, we could, you know, the community of Christ is pretty progressive. Maybe that's a solution, but I was like, uh, but do I worship, you know, what I believe is God, you know, or whatever that is. And so that was my first question to you. And I think you, I think we had a pretty good conversation over the, and I don't remember all that was said, but yeah, I think you cuz this is stick, going
4: back a couple of months isn't it?
0: Yeah, it yeah, it was a little while ago. Yeah. And and then I just kind of ping you every now and again when I have a thought or yeah. a book or whatever.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, and it and it's fun. I'm glad I'm glad you have. I've enjoyed those conversations. And then we also have Adam here. And Adam, I still can't see you. Oh, um I'm so There's there's like a little start my video down there at the bottom of the screen if you want to click that on. Yeah, I'm not good at this cuz Let's see what I press. Choose. And so Adam, Adam sent an email. Oh, hey yeah. there, Adam. Adam, what's nice up, to, man? Nice to see you. Hi. So A- Adam sent an email that we read into one of the episodes, going all the way back to the summer to that. Uh, what was it? The insatiable need for justice and meandering yeah, search for uh, karma uh, oh good
3: good times
4: yeah, yeah. Adam, adam was the one that said why you got a shit on ex-mormons let that's the
0: one with uh john delin is that the letter or the email about that no um, no that so. was
4: that was two years ago the the okay. open letter to john DeLynn. no th- this this was when tom just had a question about like I mean, it was kind of like what you just expressed, Reed, where you're like, "Okay, so my my view of God has changed. Should I worship it now?" And Tom's like, "My view of God has changed. So what does that do for justice? And and who's who's going to punish the people that need to be punished, mm. or are they just going to get away with it?" <laughs> and so we did a series about that. And then Adam Adam wrote in an email, and and we had some exchanges at that time, and and kind of teased him that would would bring him on and have a conversation. And it w- was it. It was last week. It was it was in response to one of the episodes on Facebook, and you're like, "I'm still waiting to come on infants." Oh yeah,
1: yeah, that was last week.
4: Yeah. So, so yeah, so we have got uh, two of you listeners here, Reed and Adam. Just thought we'd have kind of a, a free flowing, open conversation with Tom and I about really whatever you guys want to talk about, and uh, see where it goes. It be it could be fun.
3: Well, I mean, I definitely want to follow up with Reed just for a second, then we can go wherever with the, yeah. with the with the God thing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Glenn and I have been battling about this for a while (laughs) and I don't even know if Glenn could do a good job at defining God, especially in reference to his book. And I get triggered when someone takes what I perceive or understand as a def as the definition of God, and then just throwing that in the trash and then defining god is something else i have a, I, I usually get pretty pissy about stuff like that <laughs> it's like okay so if you're going to take a word and you're going to erase the definition of it and then you're just going to write in your own definition like well actually it's more like grass and it needs to be mowed every other week or whatever like well <clears throat> now you're just playing loosey-goosey with words and that usually bothers me so i guess my question to you reed would be well as far as God is concerned, like if, do you still hold on to that, that term? And then how would you define it now? Is it still the same where it's like, Oh, it's the thing that created us and everything else, or is it something else? Is it like more of an energy thing or, or is it so loose that you really, you know, really don't even know what to call it? I I would say what you just said, it's, it's so loose that I, um,
0: You know, honestly, I'll I'll just back it up just a little bit for me. I've only been going through this, what I would call faith crisis for maybe a year and a half, uh, a year where it was uh, just, I feel so new to that. Like, I mean, I, I haven't been listening to your podcast for very long and I, and it's just, I'm so new to it. And I feel like talking to you about this, I feel just kind of like, I'm not worthy, you know, like. I I don't I I feel like you know listening to you guys I'm like man I wish I had insights like that but um so I'm still very new to 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 what is happening in my in my head and trying to figure it out and all I know is everything collapsed right and mm-hmm. and I feel like what what Glenn's book did for me a little bit was just resuscitate that you know, I think one of the biggest things when it happened was like, death really scares me now. It, it Before you had this security of like, well, I know, I know exactly where I'm going to go. kind of like all the anti-maskers out there. So why well, doesn't matter to me? You know, I, I think my parents are in that camp. Well, I know where I'm going, so I don't need to worry. And um, I'm scared of death now or, you know, uh, of death and not to, I guess that's double saying that, but I, that's. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm just just trying to figure out what what's out there, and that's why I'm I'm listening to all kinds of podcasts. I'm kind of going more, you know, with with the Sam Harris's and Jordan Peterson's, and you know, all those Alan Watts, and and just trying to get absorb as much as I can to kind of figure out I, what is it. You know, is there something? That, you know, seems like there is, but I don't. Yeah. Think- You know, I don't, it's hard to describe. It's, 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 I'm trying to become more comfortable feeling as, as, as lost as you can be.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That, that feeling of loss, I wish I could tell you it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think it's, it's more of you sort of, I don't know, for me, I just find different ways of acclimating to it, becoming used to it even finding a little bit of comfort here and there in sort of the loss of certainty, the loss of certainty, Yeah, I'd
1: say the same thing
3: is, is it's a, it's a tough one to swallow. Yeah. Like, I mean, even like, I was at my parents this last weekend and just the level of certainty that my dad has, I'm so envious, you know, he's like, this is how it's going to be when I die. This is what's going to happen. Like he has everything just lined up perfectly and I'm like, I remember that. I remember what that felt like. It was awesome. And I don't have that at all. Especially when, like, I don't know if you guys have kids. Nope. It, it, it's hard when you're talking to kids. when Because kids are looking for certainty. They need yeah, stability. Yeah. They yeah. need things in their lives that make sense. And, you know, things they can orient the world around. And you as a adult or a parent is going to tell a kid, like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, when we die, I don't don't know. That's a, that's a terrible thing to tell a kid like, Hey, you know, I really know that you want like certainty. You want substance. You want to know like, Oh yeah. So when our dog died, you know, the dog's in a good place whatever. Well, I mean, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe (laughs) it is. It's a, it's, it's not fun. Kind of
1: sorry if I can, chime in please um it's kind of funny that you mentioned dog because i had a dream about my dog last night uh she died i don't know like seven years ago i think anyway um i had a dream that i met her again you know oh yeah i'm sitting there thinking like um how happy i was and then i think like you know that's how like religious people feel that believe in the afterlife you know i don't personally believe in anything particular but like yeah, it's just kind of that sense of like wonder or naivety or whatever, you know, so.
0: Here, I, I would like to share just an experience I had. Um, I, I really didn't, you just did not pay attention to my dreams. And, but I had this dream a couple months ago that I still think about all the time. And um, in the dream, I was in this, this building that was really old and it was huge but if I could tell like there would have been people like my grandparents or something that might've lived there, you know, it's this big building. I was going in all these rooms and I was, I couldn't see, there was huge rooms and they were dark. And I remember putting my iPhone, you know, flashlight trying to look around and it was, it was so big and dark that the, 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 the flashlight couldn't even penetrate any of it. And I kept going room to room. I was really enjoying it. It was like a big building. It was fun to explore. and I, and I and I asked what, whoever was in my dream, I don't know who it was, it was semi What what's the meaning of these empty rooms? And um, the response that I got was, these, these rooms are you. These, this is your future. This is um, You know, everything that you filled these rooms with, you were told what to fill them with, right? And now they're completely empty. They can be whatever you want them to be. And I I laid there in bed for I woke up at like five and then I just laid there, but it was I was very comforted by the fact that those rooms are empty, and before that wouldn't have been the case. That would have scared the, the heck out of me, right? But that you could say uh, hell.
1: <laughs> just kidding.
0: <laughs> still not there yet. Um, but uh, that was for me like a, a huge turning point in the, in terms of I realized like wow I'm becoming more okay with without certainty but the fact that it was a comforting dream that I was that my future was completely you know I don't I didn't have like a patriarchal blessing or anything to kind of guide me or anything it was just like no this is the future is completely up to you right now and those rooms are empty because they can be you you can fill them with whatever you want and you make those decisions and it had a huge kind of impact on me it was just it was a I was glad to have it it was the universe, I guess, reaching out and telling me it's okay. You know,
3: That's actually really cool. It was a really cool
0: dream. Yeah. It's the only good dream I've ever. <laughs> <had>.
3: <laughs> I, th- I think, I mean, I don't know if like your mind goes in areas where you're working shit out like that in your dream, which is cool to me because, you know, obviously I start reflecting on my dreams and it's just chaos, man. Like, I I actually had a dream the other day where I was falling, but I obviously had an erection, right? But I was falling, (laughs) and the erection, why why is that obvious? i don't understand why that's supposed that's to be not obvious
1: <laughs> i was gonna say i mostly dream about boobs so <laughs>
3: <laughs> see adam knows what i'm talking about Most so as i'm thing. as i'm falling down down the building of course my erection is like you know doing the matrix thing on the side of the building and breaking <laughs> windows and walls or whatever and uh yeah so i like your dream better really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's there's
0: some meaning there somewhere, Tom. I, I <laughs> my dick can break buildings,
3: man. Maybe it's yeah. unfulfilled desires in life that you're getting. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. <laughs> uh, I think I think what it was is like I, I just I need to uh, get some release. Maybe I'm not sure, man. I don't know, I don't know man.
2: <laughs> All
4: right i don't know i i don't know how i can help you out with that tom but i wish you the best
3: yeah that's, i don't think that i don't think i could write a, a bathing with god and then have like a chapter on my building destroying it's just like erection water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a submarine <laughs> yeah.
1: periscope you know like <laughs>
3: oh man so what yeah. about you adam what, what how do you define god i mean that's a good question I so
1: Glenn and I talked about this a lot because we emailed I don't really believe in like anything right now or I don't believe in what I've been taught so like I I don't know I I don't believe in God so um, yeah I just do you
4: think there's a difference between saying I don't believe in God or I
1: believe there is no God oh for sure like I'm not smart enough to know everything in the universe obviously and i can't like i'm just going off of my experiences like what i've been taught like what i've learned you know just since the faith crisis and stuff is just like the all these experiences all these things i was told were mainly coincidences and the placebo effect and just like you know those feelings that instilled around emotion you know so that's a good question though i don't know how to define it
4: yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that I I thought about a, a long time ago because it's it's really just like grammatically, it's supposed to mean the same thing. Yeah. It's just where you're putting the negative. Like I believe there is no God or I do not believe there is a God. and And we usually express it in, I don't believe there's a God. And so I don't believe anything. Like I don't have beliefs. And I like, to me, I think that's, kind of a delusion. Like, of course we have beliefs. Like you're like, if if you're really agnostic, then I guess you, you don't have a position on whether there's a God or not, but you're kind of taking a position that any version of God that I've ever been told about, I don't believe that that's a real thing. I I don't believe that that's anything more than just a story
1: that people have made up. Um, Yeah. And for me, like something that helped me accept uncertainty was studying Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Um, because my family uh, roots are in Buddhism. My family's Japanese. Um, But the the thing that helped me was to let go of those questions. I think there was a quote that I read the other day. It's Buddhism doesn't teach you how to, doesn't answer your questions. It just teaches you to let go of them. Mm. Meaning the things that you're trying to define your life, trying to change, you know, you let go of that. I like that feeling of letting go of just, And that's where i'm at like like letting go of whether there's a god or not it hasn't paid my rent or my you know paid my car payments yet so i mean i'm just living my life in the moment
4: yeah because of god well i'm <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing devil's advocate <laughs>
1: yeah i mean so
4: so tom you said this like early early on and i just let it slide that that like i i didn't have like a good way of defining or that i took i took a word like god we, and i said oh it's like grass we've gone
3: back and forth on this but yeah yeah Glenn, but you really Glenn,
4: think that i don't i haven't like done that work of saying okay why use the word god because that's the word that people usually I describe think you, to for I think a creator ha- for something that's omniscient omnipotent yeah. omnipresent and so if you're thinking about you know the reason i made the little smart aleck quip to adam just there is because the the way that i view and i put god in quotes because it's not any kind of god that i've ever heard but but this idea of an energy that animates and sustains all things it's like the force in star wars yes it's that it's that it's it's whatever that electron field the quantum field energy the david tong theoretical physicist stuff you know this this energy that fills the entire universe that creates everything and that I think it's intelligent in, in a way beyond human intelligence. Not, not that. I don't think it's like the puppet master God that's pulling the strings. I, I think each one of us is, you know, like, like in Reed's dream, we've got opportunities to make this life, what we have with the, the shit that comes up, you know, and some people have worse shit than others. We've got these parameters and these constraints to work inside of, but you know, that it's, it's this, Energy that provides all of life, and it's been evolving for thirteen point eight billion years at least into everything that we see, everything that we experience. And so,
3: why are you rolling your eyes at that, Tom? I'm not rolling. rolling (laughs) Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Well, it's mostly because, like, everything you're describing that doesn't necessarily sound like the definition of God as a creator. I mean, the fact that you said, oh, well, this energy is what creates us or sustains us or whatever. Like, okay, is there another
4: creator besides this energy, (laughs) besides the the subatomic energy that creates every atom, that creates every molecule, that creates every cell? Like, like what else is there? I'm not saying that there's some supernatural thing. I'm saying it's like...
1: (sighs) Intensely Glenn, you natural. Could, you, Glenn, you could play like a good temple Satan character, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just like turn everything on them, you know?
3: Well, but even going back to what Reed was saying, like, well, does this energy need our love and affection and worship? Or is it yeah. just one of these things where it's like, well, a little acknowledgement would be pretty nice. Like, <laughs> I, I don't Is that what this energy thing is? Because I, I have a tough time doing that you know just even saying all oh, the energy that creates all the atoms and subparticles and everything that's that's god well that's not a thing really that's like <laughs> it's, like mean, it's ev- not a thing it's everything well it you can't just put the three-letter god on it why that not it, because now
4: because it's because con- like it's
3: confusing because it's got so <laughs> much baggage around it
4: i mean that's acceptable that, that's a, that's that.
3: a that's the first thing that comes to mind but then but so, because- but so you could either you could
4: either throw out the word God and be like, I'm just not gonna use that anymore. And anybody who's talking to me about God is just like, yeah, it's just bullshit. I don't have to listen to them. Or or go like, oh, okay. Or so so what they're what they're getting at, what all of these stories about God have always been, it's been a way of the human mind trying to make sense of something that they just cannot make sense of. And so the only way to do it is to personify it, to go, okay, well, I'm I'm familiar enough with my experience of being a human being, I'm going to superimpose those characteristics on this ineffable energy that I just don't have any clue about, but then people get so attached to these ideas that I think that's, that's where problems come up.
3: Really? Yeah. See,
4: I'm
1: glad I'm on the show because like I'm listening when I would listen in my car, I'd be like having these arguments with you yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Good. So I was just kind of like,
4: so now you can do it. Bring it. So now down. I can like,
1: well, I don't know. I mean, like, I had some thoughts, but they just kind of left me. But like, I don't know, you could, if, if you go by that definition, you could say anything's like, God, you know, like, but,
4: I, but you can't because I'm saying this subatomic <laughs> energy that creates anything. I can't say grass is that to go back to Tom's
1: example. I can't say a duck is that I can't say that anything other than what that is, is that. You sound like Bill Clinton when he was caught, like you know, with Monica Lewinsky. He doesn't know what the definition of definition of "is" is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I don't know what you're <laughs> saying.
0: <laughs> well, does, it, does Tom agree that there's an energy field? And it, to me, you're getting. It seems like you're getting caught up with the symbol, like God. God has a lot of baggage, and and I think we all agree on that. But is are you caught up with the symbol itself of the word, or is it you know is it the the energy field that he's talking about
3: well kind of and and there is a lot of baggage around the word and i and i hate you know using that word so loose that it could mean everything and nothing all at the same time i hate that but it doesn't mean nothing it doesn't mean everything and nothing (laughs) anyway everything (laughs) yeah all right anyway
1: yes master yoda
3: (laughs) <laughs> but, the, but the energy thing, I mean, I do subscribe to something like that. I mean, yeah, there are you know, matters and atoms and particles, and I mean, we all know these things exist, but then there's so many questions around all of that, like consciousness, for example, awareness. You know, I mean, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> it's like to me, those questions around consciousness and awareness those things are critical to understanding like, okay, so we're self-aware, but all this energy and the particles and everything, they made all these other things, you know, if you go back to religion, like, well, you know, there, we made all these things to for you guys, because you guys are the self-aware creatures. So you're the elevated creatures over everything else. Kind that's, of why, sometimes. that's why you guys get to eat at KFC and whatever, because they're the lower whatever and you can mow, mow your lawns or whatever. Why don't I, I didn't follow that. I think he's talking about having domain over all living things or something like that. Yeah, right? Cuz we were the top predator. But that's just that's just ego. No, that's I, religion. Yeah. I mean ego I mean, created that. Yeah, it far, did. I guess, but
4: Yeah, that's 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 the the ego of humanity themselves but they're chain trying to make they're trying to
3: make sense of things because yeah. if, you know from our perspective y- you look out and you see things and it's sort of just natural you think well all this was created for me because we're all centers of our own universe yeah right so when you look out you're like, Well, you know, I hope everybody sees the world like I do, but probably not. I mean, because I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) You hope not. Because the way I see the world is probably the best way to see the world. I don't know. But that's, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like redefining God in this super loose way that now I don't even feel like we're even talking about God at all anymore. Because if it is just the energy, if it's just, life force or the force as glenn <laughs> keeps referring to it then then it's like well that's not really god that's sort of like just saying well there's these things that we can't see we really can't even test they're called the
1: midi-chlorians i think
3: or something like that but, <laughs> they, they, but they created everything and then just things happen and you know
4: well i mean i think that the uh, other words that you could use instead of god is nature or the universe,
3: mm-hmm.
4: or I don't know, like source energy. I, th- there, there's other kinds of words that
1: you could use for it. You don't have to use the word God. But then nobody can make money off of that. You know what I'm saying?
3: But Is what, that what, what it's
1: about, making money? <laughs> I
3: think so, at least from my experience. Yeah. But what, what, what created the source energy? Exactly. Okay. Heavenly
1: grandfather, not heavenly father, heavenly grandfather, I think. Yeah.
4: I mean, the, so, so um, Brian Green was on uh Joe Rogan earlier this year, the, the theoretical physicist, Brian Green. And, and, and Joe Rogan asked him what, what was before the big bang? Did you, did any of you guys listen to that? Yeah, I listened to that. Oh my gosh. That's such a, it was such a great, great interview. Um, but, but Brian Green's like, well, there's, there's, Two possible answers for that. One, it could have been that there's that this big bang was just one in a series of big bangs, and there's your grandfather (laughs) source energy kind of thing right there. That it's just like this process that keeps perpetuating itself over and over and over again. He said, or it's possible that that question doesn't really even mean anything because it's based on this idea of time Mm
0: -hmm. where
4: there is a before and an after, but that might have been something that's just that was created by the big bang itself and it is itself an illusion and doesn't really exist it doesn't really have any meaning to say what was before what was after because it doesn't mean anything now that's going
1: it down like really crazy rabbit hole well hopefully before the big bang there was like dinner in a movie or something you know what i'm saying <laughs> for who <laughs> you tell me
4: <laughs> oh i get i get where you're going with that The big, the big bang you're 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 back in tom's
3: dream trying to have sex with buildings trying to have sex with buildings
1: i mean i'm sure some serial killer somewhere has done it so
0: yeah so here's here's the one the one issue i had with the force the what the way glenn's describing it Hmm. is you you made it i felt a conclusion that i couldn't get to and that was that the this force energy is more intelligent than we are, that there's an (laughs) intelligence behind it because you can't have something, create something else where it's less intelligent. Yeah. And that's where I kind of got like, I can't get there right now.
4: Yeah. Um, Probably because of the way that you're thinking of intelligence. But like, if I told you that a cell in your body that in the nucleus of the cell is the DNA that contains the blueprint for every process and function in your body, that that is more intelligent than anything that your egoic mind has ever learned w- would you agree with that statement
0: uh, i don't know that's hard to Cause say that, cuz how can i get out of, yeah, i don't know cuz when
4: i'm talking about intelligence that that's what i mean i'm i'm, I'm talking about you know at 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 that cellular level we, we have trillions of cells in our bodies right now that are communicating with each other that is totally outside of our conscious awareness. We we don't know how it's happening. We we don't know what it takes even to be able to form the thoughts that then we translate into speech to make our, you know, to push this air up from our lungs through our throats and our mouths and shape these molecules in the air to go into each other's ears. Like we're just doing that automatically. We don't really know how it's being done, but our body does because we just do it. Right. So, so there, so just within our just within our bodies, there are levels of intelligence that far exceed our our conscious mind, and there isn't anything woo woo about that. And so, if you just extrapolate that, you go, okay, if that's happening at the cellular level, then why wouldn't there be something where the the molecules that make up those cells are doing what they're doing because they're aware of the environment, they're aware of certain environmental conditions, they're responding to those environmental conditions, and I'm not talking about like free will or free agency or anything like that. It's just like, uh, like how your cellular membrane, if it bumps up against a certain chemical, it knows whether to allow that in or to not allow that in. And that's, that's going on all the time. So is that also happening at a molecular level? Is it happening at an atomic level? Is it happening at that quantum level? You know, so, so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the intelligence of existence, the intelligence of reality that, like we human beings that experience the world through our five senses, through this very narrow umwelt of spectrum of perception, think that we've, we can figure it all out. And we think that we're more intelligent than the universe that we're living in, that we are an extension of. No,
1: (laughs) I don't know. I just like watching football. You know, I don't think about this kind of stuff Football's awesome, man.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, but there's a lot of, there's a, there's so many unknowns in all of that. That, yeah it's 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 more or less just uh i don't know what playing with thoughts or imagination or yeah. in the sandbox of the unknown or whatever just trying to piece things together i, I yeah i don't and, know and and to to look at
4: i mean just that the the Yuval harari book sapiens and, yeah, and learning that. about where humans were as far as we know and where we've come over, you know, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, where would that continue to go? Like, Where, where, where will our technology and progress take us if we survive? You know, obviously, intelligence evolves, and, and consciousness evolves, and consciousness expands, awareness expands. And we see that not only in humans, we see it in all, all forms of life. If you, if, you, if you want to watch an awesome documentary, Fantastic Fungi, man, that was freaking mind blowing. I loved it. Yeah, it's in like IQ. mushrooms mushrooms are older than than humans and they're more intelligent the way that they communicate
3: mm-hmm. with
4: each other like the, the largest living organism on the planet is a mushroom you know there's there's just so many things that that I, I've become aware of um, through my my interests of like my scientific interest that it's just it's it's Made me think: Why in the world would we think that our intelligence level is the top of the, the pyramid? When we, when we are energy that has been evolving since the time of the Big Bang for thirteen point eight billion years, in every single cell of our body, it's doing that, and we're just the, we're just this very small part of our nervous system that scans the environment through our physical senses and tries to make some sense and meaning of it in these minds that are still evolving is just yeah, yeah and all, this, all
1: this stuff is really cool like i like thinking about how um, like thinking about it in terms of where like just a really lucky accident you know like the matter from the star happened to spin at a certain rate or whatever and settled and then life happened to find a way to evolve you know but i kind of when you're talking about the central intelligent like the entity or whatever, or whatever you want to call it. I just have problems with that because um, I just don't see the use in that because if it's pulling the strings behind the scenes or something, like we've talked about, like the magic man, Wizard but of that, Oz. But like, I'm
4: not saying anything about a magic man that's pulling the strings behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, but I think this is where that conversation tends to tilt is like then we talk about like how um, – everything is like communicating interacting which a lot of stuff is but i just i don't know that's where you lose me it's like well even
4: the happy accident though i mean it's, yeah. The, the happy accident is based upon natural laws right sure, sure. And, and and so you would expect that those natural laws would respond the same way it, you know it's 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 energy in the form of matter that's responding to its environment and whatever its environment is doing it's responding in a certain way whether you're talking about uh, a, a star um, or you're talking about a planet or you're, you you know, like what, whatever you're talking about spinning in orbit, it, there, there are these patterns of nature that are these forces like gravity and the electromagnetic force and other things that are interacting with each other. And when there's a certain force and certain resistance, it does certain things, you know? So would all of these different ingredients come together in this one particular way that's what you're calling this like happy accident i think yeah where where then life arises from it but but that that life is the result of something that's much older
1: true but again like it's cool to think about but i've it didn't help me get through a shitty day at work today you know it didn't help me get into school or whatever you know like yeah yeah so could it I don't so, know. so you're like,
4: you're are are you asking what the value is in in thinking this way? Or are you telling me that there's no value in thinking <laughs> this way?
1: Well, I mean, I'm not saying there's no value because it's pretty cool to think about, you know. But from uh, my perspective, like, you know, I just that's why I quit religion is because all the promises it was making weren't real or valid or anything, you know. Like, I just I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to respond
4: to that or do we want to turn this over to somebody else for a little while? Give give somebody else the football to run with.
3: I don't really have too much to add.
4: Yeah. I, 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 I guess if you're saying, if you're asking what, what is the value in, in thinking this way for, for me, it's, it's really been this idea of everybody being connected, you know, everybody really being, you know, like you talk about a family and being brothers and sisters and, you know, quite literally we're all. Are you trying to teach the me the plan of thing. salvation
1: or something? This is like one of those missionary discussions. Hmm. I'm just kidding. No, because, because uh, although I, I do, I do like the plan of
4: salvation in a way that the thing that I don't like about the Mormon plan of salvation is the role that, that, priesthood plays and giving necessary ordinances that if you don't get them then you're shit out of luck. And I don't know. Out of you gotta of come blunders, to us you know? to 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 do it. You know? Yeah. But anyway, but this on. idea of of eternal progression towards like godhood or whatever as a metaphor for like consciousness evolving towards a place of love and acceptance for everybody. I like that. But I don't I don't like it when that's used as cheese for a mouse trap to try to get people to uh, <laughs> pay money, to pay money, or Time, to effort. yeah, yeah, just like, just mm-hmm. like to 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 mistreat other people because they're different, and you think, oh well, we're the right way, they're the wrong way,
3: and so we're justified in being shitty to people, like,
4: yeah, no, yeah, not like that.
3: Not. Do you th- when when you're talking about that, the benefits come from thinking about that we're all interconnected in some way, we're all sort of equal and level and everything are you also like projecting like all forms of life on that same plane i guess pretty much yeah okay yeah
4: so like like at at lunch today uh I, i went to this little mexican restaurant that was looking out over a lake and there were these birds that were coming up and i was taking the the corn chips and throwing them out and watching the birds like fight with each other over the crumbs and stuff and and like, I, and it made me think about these nature shows that I've been watching, like uh, Seven Worlds, One Planet, which is incredible. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. And I, and I start seeing, oh, the, these instincts that these animals seem to have, like these survival instincts and, and community instincts, I can kind of see traces of that in me. I, I, I can see ways that I would fight for other people to get food if there was a limited amount of resources and, and kind of where those instincts come from just as a way of evolving as life on this planet in a, in an environment where you, you, you have to to scramble for sources. And and when you're threatened, your fight or flight response happens. And so it, it helps me better understand myself when something happens that's, that's threatening, or even I'm just imagining something that's threatening and it might not really be threatening, but I'm feeling those, those instincts come up in me. And so I'm I'm able to create this kind of metacognitive space in my mind to, to say, okay, is this really threatening? Is this really dangerous right now? Or is this is this my instincts that are kicking in for whatever reason? So I mean there there's a lot of ways that this this view has helped me. Hmm. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do, Adam, with what you're <laughs> saying about religious people making promises that yeah just aren't coming true because i agree with you there
1: yeah i mean so a lot of what you said kind of falls into what i have found um i've bought into like mindfulness a lot you know i know that's thrown around as like a pop psychology word and people stop listening but um for me like when i decided to leave you know i fell back on like my my family's buddhist roots you know Mm -hmm. and i kind of investigated those and a lot of it is accepting the moment and just you know so where I'm coming from that perspective of like yeah I don't know all these answers to these questions you're asking me you know and that's my acceptance of that moment accepting you know the things are happening around me and observing them and just being grateful to be breathing and seeing those birds or whatever it is you know that's my perspective of like I don't have to know the answers I don't you know I yeah. gave up that search.
0: I, you know, I have a hard time with what you, the what you said earlier and what you just said about letting go of your questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine letting go of my questions. I, I love thinking kind of way. Glenn was talking in the bathtub with his imagination, like just using your imagination to kind of think through questions. I think that's kind of. I don't know how I could let that go.
1: Well, I mean, I still think about this kind of stuff all the time. And what I mean is the suffering around those questions, you know, like that's like the root of religion and why people become religious. I think is because they want answers to questions and they suffer over them. So somebody manipulates that. So, I mean, I still have questions. I still have an imagination and stuff. I just, I don't let it like bring me down like suffering wise. Like I don't let it, take me to dark places. I still have many questions and I like to think about the universe, but sometimes, you know, no matter what I think about, like it doesn't affect my job or my whatever, you know, it's yeah. Do you see what I'm saying there?
0: Yeah. No, that, that was, I, I understand now. I, I yeah.
3: Understand. Yeah. Well, and building off of what Adam just said for me, sometimes these bigger questions um, can lead you way far away or you know you can be searching for answers because there's there's so many people books programs organizations that say they have the answers and you sort you sort of always have to be diligent about making sure that you're not being swindled or taken in because you know you whether it's you're keeping evidence at your, at your side or you know, critical thinking has got to always be at the forefront because you don't want to say, you say you have these answers to these questions that I've been asking. Curious, you know, tell me what it is that, that, what are the answers that you have that I don't seem to have? And sometimes if you're not diligent about that, sometimes you'll get swindled in or pulled in that I'm speaking from experience for myself. I'm not speaking for anyone in particular, but because I know that the the desire to have questions answered. It can be just overwhelming sometimes because not it's going back to certainty, right? Where if just, just dealing with big questions like, is there life after death? Like that question. Uh, How If someone says that they have the answer or they know the answer or they have evidence for the answer, I'm I'm usually always interested in hearing that, but I always have to keep my critical eye on it. Like, all right, so tell me about it, but I always have to be skeptical, always got to be thinking about, well, okay, but yes, but no, sort of testing it and trying it as I'm listening. Otherwise, I'd be like, "Oh, you don't say," and then I'm just sort of swallowing, and because (laughs) swallowing. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Because I I just, I just take, (laughs) I just take in what they say, and then I start implementing it in my head because the desire for certainty is really, really strong for me. And And that's why,
1: like, I went on a mission for two years. You know, like, I wanted those answers, and I didn't get them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think the other the other thing
4: that this has really done for me is I have become much more aware of how much time I spend in my own head. You know, like I I've-, I've I've recently when I'm driving, I'll turn off any kind of podcast or audiobook or music that I'm listening to and just sit and pay attention to what I'm thinking about. And then like asking myself, okay, are these thoughts that I'm thinking true? You know, if if I'm upset about something that happened in you know in the morning with Cami or you know some interaction that I had with my mom or my dad, and I'm telling myself a story about uh, they don't they don't understand me, they don't care about me, or you know something like that, I'm like, oh, what is what is this? What is this voice doing, telling me these things? And is this really even true? Is it is it helping me? You know, the questions that you asked, Adam, about like, is it helping me with my job or is it helping me with school or something like these thoughts that I'm carrying around all the time, what are they? Where are they coming from? How are they impacting my life? Because I I don't think of myself as, I I, I guess I, I, I think of myself as an extension of this energy that has been evolved to have a brain that does what it's doing right now and and that there's like these automatic thought processes that evolved because of the environment that it was in to have like certain automated responses and that if i'm not careful and if i'm not aware of what i'm doing then i'm just kind of like an automaton that's the result of this this brain that's been programmed through however million years of evolution to respond to my environment in certain ways but do, do i have any control over it can i change it can i can I change the way that my thoughts are making me feel? And that's what, you know, a, a couple of years ago when I started, uh, I, and I don't remember exactly how I came across the cognitive distortions. I think, Tom, we, it was when we were talking to Colton, or maybe it was before Colton, but it was around that time. I think it was two or three years ago. And I I started, I I, I got that book. Um, here's the book before you read. the
3: American Mind, right? Well, it, oh, yeah,
4: it, it did come from coddling the American mm-hmm. Mind. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Height and Greg Lukianoff talk about yeah. cognitive distortions in that book. And then I got uh, David Burns, Feeling yeah. Good, um, learning yeah. about cognitive distortions and, and like these thought patterns and the connections to feelings. And um, most recently has been Byron Katie, uh, Loving What Is, I think is the title of that book. And, you know, The, the Untethered Soul, Letting Go, the, all of those books have really kind of taken taking the conversation from like God and afterlife and all of these other kinds of things to go, okay, yeah, that's a background. That's a context for who I am in relationship to reality. But let's get down to really what's going on day to day, minute to minute in each moment that I'm in where I, I'm, I'm like just in my own mind. It's like my, I'm, really, <laughs> I'm really only ever interacting with my own mind. And that doesn't mean that there isn't reality out there in the world. It just means that everything that I am experience of reality comes in through my perception of it and is processed in my mind. And my mind has these filters that I tend to think of things in this way or that way. And it's, it's like this really complicated set of computer programs, the software that uh, just becoming more aware of it, I, that, I think that's what the mindfulness thing has done for me. And yeah for I, sure i like it i i, I like yeah. thinking of the world this way
3: well everything you were describing when you were driving like yeah because i've got a book on like uh is it running with mindfulness or something like that like d- different forms of exercise you can sort mm-hmm. of get in that trance too yeah. if you if, especially if you tune everything out no music or anything like that and you just start thinking like okay what are these thoughts or whatever and you just get in this rhythm and everything that you were describing sounded like different forms of meditation that I've, that I've tried or experienced. It's yeah, it's very, very beneficial.
1: Yeah. And I, I, that's why I fly fish. Um, I got into it this year and it's just like, for me, it's like just this experience of being on the river, being by myself and just like the sound of the water and just like being in nature and appreciating nature for what it is. Like, it's really, healing from years of kind of I don't know what you want to call it religious manipulation.
4: Yeah, well, well that's one of the things I like about Buddhism and, and Eastern thought is the whole concept of Nirvana, no wind, just stillness like yeah. having ha- having that stillness in your mind like like th- there there have been a few times in my life where I've I've felt that just profound silence of not thinking. <laughs>
1: Yeah. That's why I go fishing Yeah, it's just amazing when you're just sitting there and nothing, no work, no yeah. school running through your mind. It's just the river. Awesome. Yeah. So
0: as you can tell, I don't have the, <laughs> I feel like I don't have the time to do any mindfulness or <laughs> I probably am doing it all the time. i just, I just don't know.
4: Hey, have you, have you tried like any kind of meditation technique, like even 15 minutes? A day uh
0: no i well i you know uh, when i exercise i usually um, I, I do breathing exercises yeah I mean, my wife and i at, at night will um do these weird one one nostril at a time breathing exercises and take deep breaths for you know using your your apple watch or you mm-hmm. know yeah um so we do we do that sort of thing and um but yeah
3: you already have me the- too you already have you already have the framework it sounds like. I I do. I just need to I guess formally do it. Well, there's there's lots of I mean there's tons of YouTube things or the waking up app. Yeah. if you if you're interested in that. I mean, they're really good just getting you through it. I, the thing is is you don't necessarily need to dedicate time. Like even what Glenn said, if you're in the car, turn everything off and just kind of get in the zone of just observing your thoughts and stuff like that and just breathing get in a really peaceful place you, you'll be surprised at how often you can sort of just have that calming effect of meditating yeah. i i do actually do it occasionally while i'm running once you get in that rhythm where everything's feeling pretty good and you're not like beating yourself up too much you're not sprinting or anything like that if you can get in that nice place then all of a sudden like i can observe my thoughts as long as i turn the music off anyway
0: <laughs> yeah know.
3: Yeah, Sam, for Sam some Harris,
1: people, music oh sorry go ahead
3: oh that's all. I was just gonna Sam, Sam Harris
4: did an episode recently it, it's his episode 227 knowing the mind uh with Stephen Lauri's that they, they talk about mindfulness meditation the impact just like the health impacts of it it's that's a really really good conversation
1: yeah
0: I just listened yeah to that. yeah
1: so I think um there's like kind of like this misconception about mindfulness that you need to take time out of your day or that people are too busy because um so for my job i work in i don't want to say too much about it but i work in a mental health facility um and there's situations that are like really they could be really traumatic like just like people yelling and screaming and fighting and stuff and um mindfulness helps me to stay centered so i'm not like playing into my emotions or the anxieties coursing through my mind you know um it's kind of more of a, like a lifestyle where you don't let yourself get carried away by uh, these thoughts, like Glenn was saying earlier, like the thoughts in your head or the emotions, like you're just observing them continually. And when you're running or when you're talking to somebody, you can observe in the conversation, all the things that are happening around you and just be there instead of being off thinking about work or about whatever, you know.
4: So Reed, what you said something in our, in our back and forth today, you said something about like where you want to go, like, like your, your goal, um, in relationship to the Mormon church, um, in your life. Can you restate what, what was it that you told me about that?
0: Oh, geez. Uh, well, I guess, I I see you. Uh, I remember back when you interviewed, I don't know when it it wasn't that long ago with Bill Rill and I got the feeling like you were just over it. You were happy. You were, you don't, you didn't look at the church as any sort of just this horrible thing, but it was like, you know, had a role in your life and, and it made you who you were. Right. And, and Bill kind of gave the impression that he wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. I thought. And, and, I guess that's what I'm looking forward to. It, it, like I'm so tired of getting triggered by, you know, things all the time. It's it, I, why is it so hard for me to not be triggered by hearing certain words, mm-hmm. certain music, you know, the other, the other night before we were going to bed, I started humming, like I want to see the temple as a joke to my wife. And she that was would trigger me. me right. It was why, why is that tune triggering? Right. Because it, like we're still carrying around so much hurt, and and it's it's one of the it, like I, I see where other people are at, uh, you know. I think John Larson at Sunstone, he he seems to have the same be in the same spot. Like, yeah, I watch General Conference. I don't care, you know. He he's not triggered at all by it, and and I'm just so looking forward to thinking of the church that way. I guess um, in, in in giving it. Um, like an honorable, honorable death, if I could describe it, just like a, a respectful, yeah, thanks for where you got me. You know, I wouldn't be the person who I am today. You know, I went to BYU and I got a great education and I got a free corporate education all through my life, right? Through the church. And, uh, you know, I can sit in meetings and, and do a whole bunch of things because of what I grew up in, right? And so I should be grateful for that. I should be pleased as punch. That that was my that was my experience. But but I also feel just very hurt that I was I was lied to and taken advantage of. And you know my whole childhood is built was built on guilt. You know I was doing things because I was so afraid that I was gonna you know uh, make God upset or you know. So it's I I'm looking when I say where I want to go. I just want to be free of those feelings, I guess. And I, you had, you had a good response, Glenn. you kind of said, well, it's all basically in your mind. you, you control. It. your mind's malleable. you can, you know, make it what you want. And it, 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 it sounds great, but it, man, it's really hard. <laughs> as much as I want it, as much as I want to be there right now, I, I know it's the journey, like I, it is probably going to take years to unpack things. It's going to, it's going to take time to process things and, and, you know, eventually I'll get there. But right now it's just, man, this is getting old. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the next step in life. I'm ready to like move on. And, and um, it just, it feels like it's never going to, we're ne- I'm never going to be able to move on in terms of it's always going to surround me whether it's my parents family my kids you know whatever it's always going to be there you know so i need to learn learn a way to be peaceful with it and and not let it continually just kind of bother me
3: so i want to hear you i want to hear your response to that, talk. huh do you want to hear my response um I I mean I I is there an echo or something? Yeah. that or Scott or whatever that I I think I think, I think Reed that's you. So if you could if you could mute. There you go. Um I I have so many thoughts because I mean I'm having severe deja vu as I hear Reed talk. I feel like you know, I in a way I've been there <laughs> even somewhat recently or you know, several years ago like i feel you i i i get the the desire that you're looking ahead you like i don't want to get bothered and triggered by certain stuff yeah like there's so there's there's so so much of that you were speaking you know right out of my own head there i i guess the only i don't know if i really have any advice i guess if if i could even go back and tell tom in the early crisis days Instead of like trying to resist, like, why am I getting so triggered about stuff? I, I would probably tell him like, dude, work through it, man. Like when you get triggered, ride that wave. And, and, you know, if you need to get angry, you need to go see a therapist. Yeah. Get angry. Punch, punch a pillow. Yeah. Do it. Start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Just do I mean, I would say ride that wave out until the wind starts to stop. And then the the next trigger and then the next trigger and it's going to get old and it's going to be frustrating and there's going to be waves of emotion and, and you know, a lot of mental energy is going to probably piss you off. But I I would say rather than resist it, write it out yeah. because I think you're going to learn some really cool things about yourself in that process. So there's going to be a lot of, I don't know, even just learning how your emotions dictate things. And, and the cool thing too, I mean, I don't know if it's cool now, but it, it really pushes the strains of the relationships that you have with your, whether it's your partner, your kids, your parents, your siblings, your, just everyone around you, that dynamic, that Mormon dynamic is now shifted. And so all the relationships that you have, you get to see, are, the, are those threads going to stay strong? Or was Mormonism the connection and now that connection is going to go away? And it sucks because you will probably, if you haven't already experienced it, you pr- will probably lose friends and a lot of relationships will probably drastically change or some will just slightly change. But from where I sit, the relationships that last are so much better. They're so much more meaningful so, and, and the the relationships you build from that point forward won't be built on bullshit. <laughs> you know, you'll be like, I want or, it, real- or it'll be built on different kinds of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you can weed that out later. Right. But the, the fact that you can, that you see that now and you're like, this is what's important to me. It's like the connection we have, not, you know, the fact that we could talk about Brigham Young or whatever, you know, the fact that I was born in the covenant, like you were because we're, related to each other i don't know it's it's not a good answer to say write it out because i know that you're looking off into the sunset saying that's to be in that place of chill none of this none of none of this mormon stuff bothers me anymore yeah it's it's a good place but it doesn't mean that their lives are problem free i mean right glenn yeah and it and like it it's
4: I, I don't think that it's realistic to think that life is always just going to be pleasant and happy and you're just going to like always be in this Pollyanna state of gratitude for everything I'm, you know that it I, I think one of the reasons that that Taoism has that yin and yang symbol is because there's the sorrow, you know, it, it is that there must needs be opposition in all fucking things. <laughs> I mean, you had me
1: at the Taoism and then you yeah. like that, but like, yeah,
4: but, the, but they're really, you know, you, 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 you have, you can't have up without down, you know? And, and I, I think one of the most insidious things about the way that we were raised in the church was that we were kind of raised to be disingenuous, not to be true to who we are, but to, to, um, to to please other people and and if if we if we conform to x y or z then we get the the benefit the blessing the the Scooby snack the pavlovian dog biscuit or you know the third whatever wife. it is we get, the third wife we get we get the reward <laughs> we get the reward and and if we're bad then we get shunned and punished and things like that and And so we learn from a very early age to fit into that. And we just fit into that. I think that's what you were talking about, Reed, when you said you had a lot of guilt in the way that you were were raised. And then you go, oh, wait a second. These mechanisms for for making me feel this guilt are based on bullshit. I, I, I didn't have to believe those things, but I did anyway. And so, okay, how am I gonna change myself? How am I gonna change those programs in my mind so that the way that other people think about me can't manipulate me anymore
1: you know yeah i I have a lot of thoughts on this too yeah Uh, go ahead adam yeah so this is kind of reed's um thing that he's talking about it's kind of why we got talking and emailing you -hmm. know because we're talking about this anger stage yeah um and i think so i'm going through the same thing like just feeling angry and feeling like fucking pissed i don't know how else to describe it but like i think something you said reed is you use the word should and i'm going Mm -hmm. to be a therapist one day i'm studying so i'm gonna pull that jedi mind trick out and Mm -hmm. use your words against you just kidding um so should like i think that's kind of a thinking error like glenn was talking about is life should be this way life should be that way you know um something that's helped me and i'm not I'm still going through this shit. Like you are like, it's just happens every day. But um, for me, I just accept that I'm angry. I'm fucking pissed off, you know? And I think those are valid feelings. I think it's completely normal to be angry after I don't know how long you were in, but for me, it was 20 plus years, you know? Um,
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. And so for me, it's just kind of, like allowing myself to feel the way I feel without judging it. And like, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I still get triggered like that Quake Quakewell stuff, you know, at first that really triggered me what he was saying. And then I stopped and thought about it for a second. And I'm thinking like this guy, I'm letting him make me angry. Like that's what he wants. You know, they want that reaction and I'm giving it to them. And so now I don't even, I don't even care. <laughs> like, you know
4: yeah and i and i i think it it's that kind of self confidence you know it, it i i think it's kind of problematic when you frame it as i don't care because then you're like what do you mean you don't care the, then the tom perry voice in my head's like what do you mean you don't care how can you not care <laughs> but 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 that that you're that you're so confident in your own truth Uh, And and goodness and virtue and whatever you know that you don't have to superimpose it on anybody. You don't have to prove it to anybody. You don't have to have anybody else's approval of you. You know, so so when your your Mormon family and friends think that you're a horrible apostate, I am. It 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 hurts. (laughs) It hurts that they don't. That they, that they don't value you the way that you feel like you should be valued. But if you can kind of understand, and I'm saying you, I should just say me in this. So for, for me to be able to, to think, oh, I'm telling myself a story that allows me to understand them and let them off the hook for not understanding me, then I don't have to carry the sense of they're harming me. I'm a victim and that makes me angry. And I don't like the way that it feels to be angry. And I want to be the one who who determines how I feel? I, I I want to be in gratitude. I want to to feel loving for people, um, forgiving those kinds of things. That those are my ideals. That's my goal. If I see something that comes into my mind that is keeping me from that, then I re- I respond to it in in that kind of way. But I I don't know if that's the right way. To be or not? I don't it's just, think there is a right way. Yeah, I I just got sick of feeling sick about this stuff. I I got sick of feeling angry about it. I got sick of just just kicking the
1: church in the balls, <laughs> you know. And although it is pretty fun to kick them in the balls, yeah, I can. It, I mean, it, that's it, why you guys started the podcast, right? <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I I I would just say there might not be a right way to do it, but there is wrong ways to do it. Is internalize it and not. Not finding good coping mechanisms and healthy ways to let out the frustration, you know, get good outlets or whatever, like so, masturbation. Yeah, take it out, take it out out on your dick, (laughs) (laughs) on the innocent party. (laughs) So, just the other day, I was cleaning out uh, one of these old lockers that I had, and I had, you know, those black and white composition books and. I was, it wasn't really journaling, but it was more like me outlining and writing all these responses to apologetics and, you know, like (laughs) what I would have said about this and what I would have said about that. And like, I had points and, you know, graphs and like little things that point to this or whatever. And I was looking through these books and without thinking, I was like, well, I'm going to throw these away. And then I just started looking through it. And I started like, you know, going through all, all those thoughts, all those feelings. And it like, man, I was really, really tied up in that stuff. Emotionally, mentally, like they had, you know, I was in it. Um, and, I'd love to read that. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, I would. <laughs> but uh, I, when I was looking through there, I, I was thinking, I'm still glad I went through it in a way. Because I think I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot of like, again, back to critical thinking, you know, parsing things out like, okay, let's, let's, let's really pull the layers back and say, okay, there are hints of truth here. That's all bullshit right there. And then there's some truth here and just kind of parsing through it made me a much stronger or much more skilled in the ways of critical thinking, I think. And just working through all of that. The only problem was, is sometimes uh, I would take it out on my wife or some unsuspecting person by saying, Can you believe this person said this? And that's not, I wouldn't necessarily uh, encourage that. <laughs> I think, I think there's other, you've got to find a good creative way to process shit. And I don't mean just like shove it down internally and then wait for it to bubble over either. You know, there, there are lots of ways to do it, but that's, that's my Yeah.
1: I kind of went down that rabbit hole the other day because I saw those new, um, what is it? Fair Mormon videos, you know, and it just kind of made me angry. And so I started researching like, Oh, well they're wrong about this and that. And it's like, I'm wasting time out of my day to argue with, People who believe in whatever, you know, and they're not gonna—they're not gonna change their beliefs, and so
4: yeah, you're just you're you're playing and, mind yeah. games with yourself.
1: Yeah, basically,
4: you're 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 tying your own mind into like a, knots and a mind
1: circle jerk like or something. Focus, you
4: know? yeah, focusing on those things that frustrate you, and and I think until you get so tired of doing it that you go, wait, why am I doing this? Why am I spending my time doing this with this fair Mormons? Because I saw those. I, I saw those links on Facebook, and I was tempted to go check them out, but I never did. You know, where like in the past, there would have been episodes in response to those things. You know, like I would have gone Jeremy Goff all over those guys. Yeah, but I'm just and like honestly, I, those are like don't care s- about it.
1: Smackdowns are some of my favorite episodes. On yeah, Vince, yeah. like just I wish I would have been on this podcast like, to do the Smackdown of Mike yeah. kind of Hill and stuff. But yeah, bless his heart. Um, but yeah, like I mean. I I still go through this every day where I have to kind of stop myself and be like, wait, I'm getting back into that angry phase where I'm letting it impact me. And I think like the biggest fuck you I can give to them is not caring about them at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just another religion in the world and there's tons of them out there and I think that's you know, the way I got over my fear of the boogeyman was stopped believing in it, you know, and it stopped scaring me.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me just add a couple of things here. So for me, um, to this day, I rehearse the conversation I'm going to have with my parents. Like I'll think about that conversation at least a couple times a day where I'm arguing through specific yeah. churches things. <laughs> right. And, um, I know my brother he he he's come out to them he's told them and it went horribly right and and now i'm just like forget it i, I i'm going to stop thinking about all this stuff because i'm not going to mention anything to them because it's going to do no good to any of us yeah but to have the conversation we're arguing over things that you can't prove anyway right it's journal entries and and you know yeah what's the point and so and the other thing is that i wanted to add is i think this I think it's also based on personality. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a pretty strong nine in the Enneagram, mm-hmm. which if you don't know the Enneagram is, all I want is peace, right? Mm-hmm. I'll do anything for peace. Like if there's a, if there's an argument or something, I'm so guilty of walking out of the room and letting my wife take care of it. Or, you know, I just, I can't handle contention. And it's not because it's the spirit of, you know, the devil or anything. It's because I just, I don't like not being peaceful. And, and so that's another reason I think that, I am so, you know, worked up about. I just want to feel peace, right? I just, I don't want to feel these these horrible feelings because it's it for for someone like me. It just, it's not healthier. I just feel, you know, not good at all. So.
4: Yeah, and and if and if I understand that that nine personality type in the Enneagram, there there's like a a habit of attention that is is kind of like compromising. But never really speaking up your truth, so things tend to get repressed and buried down until they just build up, build up, build up, and you explode.
1: Do, do, oh, yeah. do you have that? Um,
0: not not with the church per se. Hmm. I, do, I have, do I have it with, with my kids? Yes. Yeah, yeah. When when COVID first happened, was I chasing my son down the street it, because he made me so upset? You know, because <laughs> I just you know, he 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 just kept pushing, 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 and then I snapped. Were yeah. you guys wearing found, masks? at the time masks weren't cool they weren't <laughs> helping anything this is this was that early I think it was like two weeks into to the pandemic and yeah. I, I found myself literally just chasing him down the street I was so mad and he was running for his life he's in <laughs> cross country so he was fine he lived but we laugh about it now that that it happened but man at that that you know that's what I do all the time though you're right Glenn I I that's my history like bury it, bury it, bury it, bury it. And, and then all of a sudden it just snaps, you know? And that's what I'm a little worried about I, And I'm trying to, you know, I, I need to just get rid of it. I just need to be open about it. I need to like, just live my truth or whatever. But at the same time, I'm scared to death of the peace that it, I'm not gonna be having for a long time. Mm.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, that brings the image of like, to stop chasing fair Mormon or fair whatever down the street yelling insults so the whole neighborhood can hear you you know that kind of that reminds me of that like your son is a metaphor for all those triggers you know that we chase trying to kill
0: absolutely
4: cool well i've enjoyed the conversation guys yeah this is
3: awesome
0: yeah thanks for thanks for having me
4: any any closing thoughts from any of you
3: don't take your frustrations out on your dick <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's self-injury there so yeah and
3: I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, if I'm, you dream about
4: keanu reeves you're probably <laughs> going to have an erection if you're talking
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so, i have a i have a, a closing maybe going along what we've been talking about being you know trying to be grateful for uh for the church you know so um the, in, I, I started working from home in March, like well, almost everyone. Um, and I look out this window and all I can see is this big tree. And as March came and April started blooming and I, I enjoyed this giant tree in the backyard all summer. And, um, and then the fall came and I was like, Oh man, it's going to stink. Cause it, all the leaves are going to fall and I'm just going to see the dead of winter. You know, I live kind of in the mountains, but I don't, there's there's a lot of trees around the house I never get to see them and the tree that the leaves fell and one day I just looked out the window and I realized there was the most beautiful view out of my window where I can see like hundreds of pine trees on on this ridge it's like a painting and it wasn't until that one tree died that I was so focused on could I see the hundreds of trees behind it and I honestly that's kind of how I feel about my journey if I hadn't take in some of the, if I hadn't just allowed the tree to die, I would never have discovered Glenn's, you know, or Tom or, or, you know, whoever it might be, you know, Sam Harris, all these amazing minds and amazing ideas. And I think about that all the time. And um, that we have to allow what we know to have that honorable death in order to see what we what we don't know. And and the the you know the majest, the majesty of just the the amazing information out there that we just close ourselves off to. Um, so that's kind of my happy thought. Um, that was
4: beautiful, Reed. That was beautiful. Yeah, I'm getting used awesome. that. You
0: should and write so, that down. Yeah, you so should write
1: those. Awesome.
0: Well, the what's funny is just yesterday, I you know how you have like a book of quotes, you know, sayings. Yeah. I'm always like, man, what if I could come up with a saying one day, that kind of matches, you know, some really wise i have i have nothing i'm an accountant i (laughs) I deal with numbers and that's about it and i don't you know i'm not like that but uh so i was thinking about it yesterday um and I, i just wrote it i wrote it out it was in order in order for us to discover the unknown the only way to discover the unknown is to um allow the known to have an honorable death yeah so meaning like we have to let what we know die. And that happens all the time, it happens every day. You know, we have new information. We have to let go of what we know and what move we, on. What we
4: thought was new and update it with the new, right. with the new whatever is that is. Yeah. And I know
0: that's kind of, there, there's some nomenclature there with the church. Like it's always like, I know this, I know that. And then but we're just stuck know, there. You know? Yeah, you yeah. don't know. And, and then you're just frozen, right? There's no, There's nothing else. It's just like, this is everything, you know? But then when, when that dies and you're opened up to like this giant universe that <laughs> you close yourself off to, that's been the best thing about this whole experience Cool. easily cool. is, is the, the absolute fascination I have with the universe and the world around me and just the amazing people that were out that are out there that I never knew about. Um, so so thank you. That's Tom, awesome. Thank you. Rick. Thank you Rick.
3: Keep keep fostering that, by the way that sense of awe and connection because that's, I mean, that's my favorite part of life. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I I wish I could be as articulate in (laughs) my closing arguments, but uh, I think like what we're talking about, empty rooms, emptiness, that idea of just open space for whatever to blossom in our lives, whatever we want, you know, I think of it kind of like, you know, we've, spent so long writing a book you know and we can't figure out the ending we're kind of like Stephen King you know Um, when really what we need to do is just let the book write itself and make choices you know that lead us to happiness whatever that it looks like but I think it's I love that idea of just emptiness and the open you know that open horizon like you're talking about and just like that it's not like, like that tree is pretty, you know, but then once you let that dogma die, there was all those other trees, you know? And I think that's, that's where I'm at right now too, is trying to appreciate and find me, you know, now that it's a blank space, you know, and I'll never really move past those, what I was taught. I think what I can do is learn to appreciate what my parents taught me and some of that was involved with Mormonism and some of that was involved with just our family culture but appreciate it and let those ugly parts kind of die and focus on you know the backyard full of trees you know it's good stuff you guys should start a podcast
3: Yoda amen (laughs) I would listen I mean I've thought about it on that track maybe i mean definitely should consider it so. cool all right guys. Uh, guys. night guys good night guys thanks good for good. joining yep i'll see you up. later yep. thanks.
2: put down the weapons that you use against yourself you don't need them anymore lay down the weapons that you use against the world we don't need another war put down the weapons that you use against yourself Hi, this is Hilary, Matthew, Ryan. Carol, Ashley, and I like to play bingo
4: online while listening to Infants on Thrones.
2: You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I
1: did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer?
2: My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes. And take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on on front. I sit still and watch the thoughts float past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the universe catch me. Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me. I keep my pockets light, destination in sight. Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights. I'm walking past the fight, laying down on the night. Choosing love when I pick up this month.